On every other Saturday, he had paddled on by in the pretense that he had some business of his own farther along the public road. Now, he stared down that long, empty space between the two rows of evergreen trees. Where was she? The lane was a straightaway to Gwen Hubble's house, and Sadie could not have covered all that ground so fast. David stood with one foot planted on the road, rocking his bike from side to side. He didn't want to look into the woods beyond the pine trees for fear of seeing her there, writhing on the ground and holding her bloody intestines in her hands. She had done that to him before. Sadie went to entirely too much trouble to frighten him, if she only knew how much fear she inspired whenever he thought about actually talking to her as opposed to merely stalking her on Saturday afternoons. He rode on down the lane, but stopped halfway to Gwen's house, a stately white Georgian mansion locked behind intimidating iron gates. The profile of a security guard in his newspaper was silhouetted in the window of the gatehouse. But the guard might as well be posted on the moon, for David rarely spoke to people, or girls. Anxiety and hysteria froze his vocal cords each time he tried. The boy cocked his head toward the left bank of pine trees. He heard a faint and garbled slew of sounds coming from the woods on the other side. Of course it was Sadie, baiting him. If she was carrying a spare set of pig's intestines from the biology lab, she would not want to waste them. Well, he would play the fool for her, if that made her happy. He got off his bike and wheeled it through the tight brace of evergreens. One bough of prickly needles scratched his face in yet another blood sacrifice, and then he was standing in the woods, looking at the stark trees bereft of leaves, shrouded in mist and feathering out to hazy and indistinct forms in the distance. Oh, this was Sadie country, prime for horror. She must be loving this, wherever she was hiding. He stood very still, tensing every muscle in his body. At any moment, she would come flying around the trunk of an oak tree, perhaps with some new weapon, another trick to cleave his poor, startled brain into equal parts of terror and delight. Two small animals ran across his path. A gray cat crackled leaves and snapped dry twigs in pursuit of a squirrel but this was not the noise he had heard from the lane. He listened for the sound of something female, ten years old and nearly human. He rolled his bike farther into the woods, and now he saw the small metallic swatch of purple. Everything Sadie owned was purple. Even her running shoes exactly matched her purple parka. Her bike was partially covered by a gunny sack, dirt-encrusted and blending well with the dead leaves. She was probably in a hurry and making better time through the woods on foot. He could guess where she was heading, and that would explain why she had not gone all the way to Gwen's. If they were meeting at the old boathouse, then Sadie must be in fresh trouble. The girls had not gone there since the last time Gwen's father had forbidden them to play together. Confident that Sadie was not planning an ambush, he relaxed and took his time walking his bike around the tree trunks and fallen branches. At the edge of the woods, his vista opened to the wide lawn of St. Ursula's Academy. Grass rolled downhill to the lake, a calm mirror of the gray winter sky. The near shoreline was obscured by rock formations and foliage. He laid down his bicycle and drew closer to the boathouse. Now he could see part of the long wharf spanning the other side of the building and reaching far out on the lake. Its boards were worn smooth by the barefoot steps of generations of children. St. Ursula's Academy was very old, and over the past century, the students had marked every bit of it. The vast green lawn spreading upward from the lake was scarred with ancient rough trails where boys and girls had worn away the grass as they departed from the normal paths. 
and this departure was at the heart of the boarding school for not quite normal, and some said quite unnatural, children. He drew back when he heard the sound of a door being pulled shut. Now a single loud bark came from inside the boathouse. Had Gwen brought her dog along this time? She had never done that before. David didn't take up his regular post beneath the window. That might set the dog to barking again. He walked back toward the woods and sat down on a patch of ground behind the cover of shrubs. Here he resolved to wait until Sadie came out so he could follow her home. The dog barked again and kept it up for a long time. Then it stopped suddenly, the same way that Sadie's laughter had ended in the lane. The dog had been switched off. Over the next hour, this was repeated three more times. What were Gwen and Sadie doing to that animal? Now there was another noise behind him. He shrank back behind the massive trunk of a centurion oak. A small blonde girl was running through the woods. Gwen?